WABC New York and 1071 WLIR Hampton Bays. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yep, that's me, 5 o'clock. Good morning. It is Wednesday, December 27th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Not a great one. Showers on and off throughout the day. The high 49. Tonight and overnight, the rain continues. Low 48. And then Thursday, more showers. High 55. If you are walking out the door with us right now, 41 and cloudy in White Plains up in Westchester County. 44 and cloudy in East Orange down in New Jersey. And it is 43 and foggy outside our Midtown studios right now. Got a lot to get to as we work our way up to a special edition of Sid and Friends in the Morning here, 77 WABC. Were you one of those uh, crazy people who went to the mall yesterday to return all the stuff you got that you didn't like? Uh, Apparently, we've been hearing from retailers that the day after Christmas has quickly become the second biggest shopping day of the year after uh, Black Friday. So Black Friday being the biggest, the day after Christmas, the second biggest, and the third is the day before Christmas. The big issue this year is uh, the returns and the free returns that seem to be vanishing with shopping online. So, uh, at the Oak Brook Mall in Illinois, correspondent Shaquille Brewster says more and more retailers are adding these shipping fees back in for mailed-in returns. I was talking a little bit about this during Frank's show. Some of the big retailers jumping in on this. So it used to be, right, the great thing about shopping from home was not only did you get to skip the nonsense of the mall and those packed crowds, but the uh, bigger part was you could just return that item, no shipping fees at all. Those are gone. Almost every retailer now this year is going to charge you some sort of fee to return that item. Watch out for those restocking fees for some electronics. If you want to avoid some of the mailing fees and shipping fees for those return items, you can bring the store back in person or join some of those loyalty programs. Yeah, so according to Happy Returns, which is a logistics company, 81% of merchants are charging a fee for at least some return methods. Amazon is charging customers a $1 fee if they choose to return items to a UPS store. Now, Amazon still has this deal. If you return it to Whole Foods, which they own, uh, Kohl's, which they have an interest in, it won't charge you anything. But everybody now charging you some sort of fee. Best Buy, January 13th, Target, January 24th, and then January 31st for Amazon, Macy's, Walmart, and Kohl's. All right, so the big part, though, is if you do decide to go to the mall and return that item, of course, there is no fee. For some people, it's exchanging for the new size or different color. Others are using those gift cards. And for some, they just want to continue this holiday spending. Yeah, so I was telling Frank about this earlier, that a neighbor of mine, actually, you you would know who she is, but I'm not going to reveal who she is here. She was so chronic in the way that she returned items to Target. So she was one of these people that you would be like, really, you're returning that? So she would have like a high chair that she used for like four months. And they have such a lenient policy at Target about returning items. That's one of the reasons it's so popular as you can return things. And uh, even the time length doesn't matter sometimes. She would have like a high chair and she held on to it for 
four or five months, and then a new brand of that high chair would come out. So she'd return this one to get the other one. Well, it got so bad, and of course, they record every transaction, and it's all tied back to your credit card, that she went in to return something. This is a number of years ago. They told her that she was no longer welcome in the store. So she thought it was just the Jersey City Target that she wasn't no longer welcome in, but no. They had tagged her at every single Target store across the country. Now, I don't know if that band is still in place. I'll have to ask her when I see her later today. The um, weather is playing a factor on getting back home from the Christmas break. There's this powerful winter storm that's hitting parts of the plains and the upper Midwest. Meteorologist Michelle Grossman says they're looking at blizzard conditions. So people who made it out because it was beautiful Christmas and the days before may be harder to get back home. Winds gusting up to 35, even 55 miles per hour, freezing rain falling. That makes it really difficult to travel. Yes, so heavy snow, strong winds, freezing rain reported um, areas of South Dakota, Kansas, Nebraska, Colorado, Wyoming under blizzard warnings. Heavy rain through the upper Great Lakes all the way down to portions of the southeast. That's where we're seeing the heaviest rain falling, even seeing some lightning strikes, too, in portions of the Carolinas as well. Yeah, so they're looking at some, you know, treacherous driving conditions. Winter weather advisories, winter storm warnings, ice warnings, blizzard warnings. We're talking about South Dakota into Nebraska, Kansas, Colorado. Yeah, uh, here it's just going to be rain because it's so warm. Holiday travelers at Chicago's O'Hare say things have run pretty smoothly there. O'Hare is very busy, typically, but right now as I look, the security line looks like it's about a 10-minute wait for general boarding. So everything really going a lot faster than a lot of people planned. Yeah, the same news true for the big three area airports, uh, Newark, LaGuardia, and Kennedy say uh, it, it has been smooth the whole holiday season. Whether that rain today will play uh, any havoc, we don't know. Four million people have traveled through. Through TSA in the last two days, we expect to see even more on the back end of this week. TSA predicting the busiest time traveling in airports is going to be on Thursday and Friday. Yeah, and the reason this continues to be a big story was really having to do to last year. Southwest Airlines, remember, had a complete and utter meltdown last Christmas holiday. They stranded hundreds of thousands of people, a lot of them members of the military, who were trying to get home for the holidays. Uh, weather was part of the problem, but the other part was they just didn't know how to handle the volume. And um, they paid a huge penalty for it. But so far this year, people have been pleasantly surprised when they've gotten to the airport. They've gotten through TSA relatively quickly and got onto planes that have left on time. Is there a reason for that? Like something <laughs> weird happened? Uh, usually, I don't know. Usually the day after Christmas. It's it's crazy. But... Last time I was here, we're bumping into someone constantly. Yeah, so we'll watch us, of course, as the holiday ends. Of course, it goes through New Year's Day. But so far, so good. WABC News Time 508. Top Biden administration officials traveling to Mexico today in search of solutions as migrants are crossing the southern border in just record numbers. Morgan Chesky, reporter, says other officials on the state level are taking matters into their own hands. Texas Governor Greg Abbott taking his own steps, installing more barbed wire on the border and busing more migrants to primarily Democratic-led cities, such as Chicago and New York, both now buckling under rising numbers. Secretary of State, DHS, Secretary, White House, Homeland Security Advisor, scheduled to meet with the President of Mexico today to discuss urgent actions the two countries can take to address the border challenges. The Biden administration facing a sharp criticism on both sides of the aisles as they're seen a record number of illegal crossings. California Governor... 
Gavin Newsom pushing back on members of his own party, calling to remove Donald Trump from the 2024 ballot. Newsom said in a statement that in California, we defeat candidates at the polls. Everything else is a political distraction. Late last week, Lieutenant Governor Eleni Kudalakis prompted Secretary of State Shirley Weber to investigate all legal options in the light of the Colorado Supreme Court ruling banning Trump from the ballot there based on a violation of the 14th Amendment. Others have also asked California Attorney General Rob Bonta to use his powers to decide if Trump is eligible to appear on the ballot. It's been a ploy that's been explored in a number of blue states nationwide. I'm Mark Mayfield. WABC News Time 509. Let's go overseas. The U.S. retaliating against Iranian-backed militia groups after U.S. service members were wounded in a Christmas Day drone attack in northern Iraq. President Biden on Monday ordered airstrikes on three facilities used by Qatayem Hezbollah and affiliated groups. Officials said these strikes likely killed a number of militants. The group earlier claimed credit for using a one-way attack drone to target U.S. forces on a base in Iraq. The strike left three American troops injured, including one in critical condition. This comes as Iranian-backed militia groups have increased attacks on U.S. and coalition troops in Iraq and Syria since they started the Israel-Hamas war in October. I'm Mark Mayfield. Not too far away, Israel intensifying its military operations in the Gaza Strip. The Gaza Strip is reeling from one of the deadliest stretches of the war so far, with some 250 Palestinians killed in a 24-hour period. In southern Israel, reporter Josh Lederman says at least 70 of those died in an airstrike on a refugee camp in central Gaza. 17 Israeli troops were killed since Friday. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu attending a special session of parliament, uh, parliament yesterday where he was interrupted by shouts from relatives of hostage families still being held by Hamas in Gaza. Also from the families of those some 100 plus families of hostages who are are believed to be still held in the Gaza Strip. They shouted now and held up signs saying, what if this was your daughter? Yeah, and meanwhile, the prime minister paying a visit to troops in northern Gaza. Surprise visit. Under pressure to wrap up the war, a defiant prime minister Netanyahu saying not a chance, slipping into Gaza for a secret wartime visit. Telling Israeli troops there, we don't stop. This war continues to the end. In all, more than 20,000 have been killed since the start of the conflict when Hamas militants carried out a massacre inside Israel. WABC News Time 511. Russian President Vladimir Putin welcomed the reported advance of Russian troops in eastern Ukraine. And Moscow correspondent Dasha Chervanska says Putin also hailed newly built Navy ships fitted to carry its new hypersonic missiles. East troops have seized control over Marinka in the Donetsk People's Republic. According to Russian Defense Minister Sergei Shoigu, this development is decreasing Ukrainian military's defense capabilities and gives Russia maneuver for further actions. He said that Russia is implementing all of its plans for the construction of ships and qualitatively strengthens its naval might in all strategic directions and in all areas of the world ocean. Moscow. All right, let's bring it back home. Go out to San Diego. Are you like my family? We no longer stay at hotels. It's all about getting a good Airbnb. Well, this is like the worst case scenario. Investigation underway after an out-of-town family was renting an Airbnb uh, in San Diego. They walk into the house. They open up the freezer, and there's the body of a woman inside. That's a little shocking, a little alarming, I would say. Um... 
stuff like that usually probably wouldn't happen in a neighborhood like this. Yeah, so police don't know who she is yet, yet, but uh, they're looking for evidence to suggest what exactly happened to her. The body handed over to the medical examiner's office as neighbors try to figure out what took place. The house was draped in tape. You know, the yellow caution and whatever it is, tape. And there were five police cars. Yeah, so Airbnb, by the way, saying they found another place for that family to go. 513, a new study suggesting there is a direct link between COVID infections and heart attacks. Looks like the virus is getting into the coronary arteries, causing inflammation. Baylor infectious disease expert Dr. Peter Hotes says this is different from what has widely been reported. Research is now showing that the virus is able to infect the blood supply to the heart. The uh, study done by the NYU School of Medicine. The likelihood of having a heart attack seems to increase after an episode of COVID, especially among uh, older Americans. I don't think it's any different with these new variants. I think that was probably always the case. We were just now getting better at under- understanding it. 514. What happens when homeless people are given $750 a month for a year with no strings attached? California researchers, a partnership between the University of California and uh, a San Francisco-based nonprofit, says uh, they found it got people closer to finding a home and away from homelessness when they knew a $750 check was coming every month. About 70 unhoused people in Los Angeles and San Francisco who were given the monthly payment were better able to meet their basic needs and more likely to find shelter. The report reveals people who reported being unsheltered in the past month went from 30% at the beginning of the study to just 12% six months later. The control group went from 28% to just 25%. The next report will look at outcomes for people over one year. I'm Dina Kodiak. WABC News Time coming up on 515. Patients at a private equity owned hospital or private equity owned hospitals across the country get more infections and fall more often. This according to a new study. That's according to a new study by Harvard researchers published in the Journal of the American Medical Association. It comes following previous studies that those patients at hospitals owned by private equity firms pay higher costs and see reduced staffing levels. In nursing homes, they also have higher death rates. The new study said private equity firms have bought out more than 200 hospitals from non-private equity owners. An estimated 40% of hospital emergency departments are also managed by private equity-backed staffing companies. I'm Brad Siegel. All right, Christmas is over. It means it's time to start thinking about those New Year's resolutions. Of course, weight loss, I think, is usually number one uh, when it comes to resolutions. And so people trying to figure out how to lose weight. And in years past, you had to do it sort of the old-fashioned way, you know, count calories, exercise more, just eat less. But now everybody's on board the Ozempic and those uh, shots you take. And it's a diabetes drug that they found now helps you lose weight. With having to do anything, and uh, you must know people, I do, I know a ton of people that are on this, and uh, they just eat anything they want to, and, and they lose weight. So the minute they go off this thing, they're going to gain it all back. But um, for those who don't have the money for a Zempic or can't find these shots, there are there other means to lose weight. They do go to your brain, and they tell your brain, okay, I'm not that hungry, I don't need to be eating this much, so it suppresses your appetite. Yeah, so she's talking about Ozempic there. That's Dr. Maria Escobar. She's uh, from the University of Texas Health System, says Ozempic is not for everyone. The medication meant for people who are dangerously obese, not for those who want to look good in a swimsuit, but the... True story is the people who want to look good in a swimsuit are the ones who are getting 
their hands on this drug. It also will go to your stomach and will slow down the way your stomach processes the food. Yeah, that's why I could watch somebody at a wedding recently who was on a Zempic eat like five plates of food and she's as skinny as a twig. So the food will sit on the stomach a little longer. And um, that way, your body will feel full for longer periods of time. Yeah, so the big part of this story is that uh, people who have the access to the drug are losing weight, but people who need it for diabetes who are morbidly obese, unfortunately, have not been able to get it. WABC News Time 518, the color purple. Coming off dominating Christmas opening day. Oh, Miss Felix! You must ain't got no kinfolk around these parts. All I had was my sister. The film made $18 million Monday, marking the second biggest Christmas Day opening of all time. Two other films opened on Christmas, including George Clooney's The Boys in the Boat, which made over $5 million, and the Adam Driver-led Ferrari, which netted just under $3 million. I'm Trey Thomas. The opening bell, it rings this morning as the final trading week of 2023 underway. Stocks rose in quiet trading with gains in Intel, Caterpillar, and Marathon Oil helping to boost the markets. Former Dallas Federal Reserve President Robert Kaplan added to the upbeat sentiment by saying he expects the Fed to start cutting interest rates uh, soon to avoid a recession. At the closing bell, the Dow gained 159 points. S&P 500 rose 20. The Nasdaq climbed 81 points. An East Village bookstore facing eviction. The notice from the landlord cites one of the reasons being that they're administering Narcan. That's the drug that wakes up someone that has OD'd on some sort of opioid. The state has authorized the shop to give away these kits, but you might imagine some neighbors not too happy about this. This bookstore... Uh, it's called Blue Stockings Cooperative Bookstore. They've given away nearly 1,000 of these kits. But what neighbors say is the people who come to get the kits often leave and buy drugs right in their neighborhood or sometimes OD in their neighborhood, and they want these people out. They give them those drugs, and no sooner do they take them than the narc- the t- drug traffickers are on them. They are farming out a solution to institution, to bookstores that have no qualification. The Department of Health says um, they found that the Narcan program is not causing quality of, uh, quality of life issues in that neighborhood because they say uh, there's been uh, a hub for drugs for decades. But um, the landlord sent an eviction notice to the owner of this bookstore. And one of the reasons given for evicting them was the fact that these drug addicts are showing up at the store. Well, the owner of the store says uh, she hopes they can work something out. We are not doing anything that violates our lease. One of our greatest assets is that we um, are a space where everyone can feel safe. So the landlord and the store owners say they are trying to avoid court action, trying to come up with an agreement. 521. Uh, never a good idea to leave your kid alone in the car. I'm sure you had this when you had young kids. Maybe you have them now. That whole idea of you want to go in and get a quart of milk and you just want to leave them there, race into the 7-Eleven and right, run, race back out. Uh, but this is the reason why you should never do it because it happens all the time. Over on Christmas Day, this mom was outside a store in Riverhead out on Long Island on East Main Street. She left the vehicle running with her kid inside, raced into the store to pick up an item. And when she came back out, the car was gone. 
Uh, here was somebody who was in the store at the time, and you could imagine the mother pretty panicked. The lady came out screaming hysterically that her car was gone. She was very upset, and it was just scary. You know, what a way to end your Christmas night with your child being taken. Yeah, so the good news here is the vehicle was found abandoned in Flanders outside Phillips Avenue Elementary School. The child was inside, still sleeping, not harmed. The head of this group called Kids and Car Safety say this mom is really lucky, and it's uh, another reason why you should take her story and realize you should never do anything like this, even if it means waking up your kid to take them into the store to buy something, you should do that. This family was extremely fortunate with the outcome. The car is not a babysitter, and you cannot leave your child in a car alone for even a minute because anything can happen in that short period of time. The car thief, by the way, is still on the loose. Police arrested the mother, charged her with endangering the welfare of a child. Scary Christmas for a new Hyde Park family. When police say a man who had been terminated turned up at his former employer's home to confront him. Uh, his name is Cartoon. He's from Brooklyn and facing a whole bunch of charges now. Uh, he just showed up at this house on Christmas Day in the afternoon. And uh, right in that way, the family members recognized him as someone who had been fired from his job at this construction company, not for anything he had done, but there just wasn't enough work. Very scary. You know, obviously, we're all in a happy mood and just celebrating, and we just knew it wasn't good when I saw his face. My father came to the steps to talk to him. And that's when he aggressively came to the house, tried to attack my father. I grabbed him. I wrestled him outside to the door, got him to calm down a bit. He started walking away. And when he walked away, he then attacked the family car, causing about $1,000 in damage. Uh, two of the family members who tried to hold him down so he wouldn't beat up other family members were hurt in the process. And that's when I ran out and tackled him, uh, subdued him on the ground here. It was an old worker of my dad. He was laid off because my dad didn't have enough jobs for him. And uh, it seemed like he had a vendetta against us. And he came and he was looking for my father and knocked on our door very aggressively. Yeah. Uh, the judge set uh, cash bail $2,500. He has four orders of protection were issued on behalf of the victims. The defendant's next court date is tomorrow. Um, by the way, the family said he did not spoil their Christmas, but he did put a damper on it. I imagine he did. New York City unveiling new plan yesterday to build more affordable housing in wealthier neighborhoods across the city. Mayor Adams says the initiative would create new affordable and mixed income homes across the city. The city will provide subsidies to protect that fit the criteria. It would also set aside units and buildings for those who fall under the categories of extremely low income and homeless. So to achieve this, officials say they'll leverage higher revenue from market rate units to use on affordable housing projects. Here was the mayor talking about it yesterday. There's a great opportunity to reconvert office space. We have 138 square feet of office space that's vacant. That's prime real estate, close to hospitals, close to transportation, close to uh, food, close to employment. It's a real win. Applications for contractors to build the mixed-income apartments are currently open. It will be accepted through the end of February. WABC News Time 525. Okay, Christmas over. Preparations underway for New Year's Eve celebrations in the city. NYPD stepping up security amid heightened tensions over the crisis in the Middle East and an increased terror alert. Mayor Adams laying out a plan to keep revelers safe. 
calling it a Herculean task to maintain safety and security during this annual event. One of the fears this year is that pro-Palestinian protesters will try to disrupt the festivities. A small pocket of people who are now becoming part of the protest who are really trying to rile up the crowd, and we cannot tolerate that, and we can't accept it. Yeah, on Monday, police arrested half a dozen people at a protest near Rockefeller uh, Center Christmas tree. The mayor said he's sure protesters will try to do the same on New Year's Eve. In fact, there are posts we've seen on social media that point to December 31st. They call it a shut-it-down day of action. Tom Harris is with the Times Square Alliance, and he's worried they may try to disrupt New Year's Eve. I'm not a betting person, but I think it's a pretty safe bet that someone is going to try to do something to distract or disrupt the events in Times Square. New Yorkers uh, in Midtown yesterday say they have no doubt they will try to disrupt the celebration. Unrest as far as raising awareness and fighting for what they believe in. Obviously, I I support their cause personally. Uh, I don't believe that it's going to make much of a difference as far as the level of security that they're going to bring up here. And of course, there's a ton of tourists in the city for New Year's Eve here for the big celebration to watch the ball drop. Uh, most of them, when asked about this, said uh, they feel like the NYPD will protect them. Been through this before, even after 9-11. Mm-hmm. And um, again, I think that the police department does, you know, is watching it very carefully. And I, I do I do have confidence in them. So. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yep, that's me. Good morning. It is Wednesday, December 27th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Showers on and off throughout this day, high 49. The rain stays uh, tonight and overnight. Low 48. And then Thursday, yeah, more showers. High 55. If you are walking out the door with us right now, so happy you are. 41 and cloudy in White Plains up in Westchester County. 44 and cloudy in East Orange down in New Jersey. And it is 43 and foggy outside our Midtown studios right now. We'll start this half hour at Congressman Richie Torres speaking about, he says, one. Of, he's been one of the most outspoken pro-Israel Democrats in Congress, and he says he's faced an enormous uh, amount of retaliation for doing so. He says a doll that he set up in his Bronx office to represent the baby Jesus was covered in rent paint on Christmas Day by multiple anti-Israel extremists. So on Christmas Day, there were a number of activists who vandalized my office with red paint, which was meant to symbolize blood. And covered in the metaphorical blood was a doll who was described as 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 Jesus, as a Palestinian child messiah. The Bronx Palestine Solidarity uh, Committee claiming credit for the vandalism. The group shared photos of the doll covered in red paint and covered in bricks under a sign highlighting the death toll in Gaza. Taurus, uh, not happy about that. I'm concerned about the crisis of anti-Semitism raging on in New York City. You know, the Jewish community makes up 2% of the population, yet has been the target of more than 50% of all religiously hated, uh, motivated hate crimes. Yeah, we, we've seen a lot of these bomb threats over the last couple of days against uh, synagogues and Jewish community centers. Bomb threats made at the Riverdale Jewish Community Center on Christmas Day, uh, Sher Zion Temple in Brooklyn on Sunday, the NYPD 
investigating that and others. Uh, the threats appear to be a s- part of a series of swatting or hoax threats that have been made nationwide against Jewish institutions. Ever since October 7th. You know, I should the, point out, this is the rabbi of the Riverdale Jewish Community Center. Ever since October 7th, you know, the morning that we woke up and we heard the news, unfortunately, there's been, you know, a proliferation of all these, uh, you know, uh, threats. So it's no surprise to me that these attacks have been every day. Members at the Riverdale Jewish Center say they're grateful those threats were unfounded, but they're worried those empty threats may turn into action. No hate is Acceptable. There's no such a thing of something being acceptable. There's no, there's no, there's no tolerance for anti-Semitism. And of course, the NYPD has no choice but to investigate those claims, even if they turn out to be a hoax, because you just don't know when it's going to be real. A man now facing attempted murder as hate crime charges after two teen girls visiting from South America were stabbed Christmas morning while eating in Grand Central Terminal. You may have heard about this story. The victim's two sisters, 14 and 16 years old, attacked as they ate with their parents in the Grand Central Dining Concourse. This was about 11.30 a.m. on Monday. Police say the suspect, 36-year-old Steve Hutcherson, flew into a rage when staff at one of the restaurants told him that he could not sit near these two girls. That's when apparently he yelled out, I want all white people dead. The 16-year-old was stabbed in the back. She suffered a collapsed lung. The 14-year-old stabbed in the thigh. They were both taken to Bellevue Hospital, uh, Hospital, where they're still recovering. MTA police responded in less than 30 seconds after running over from their posts. Hutcherson put down the knife and then surrendered. But um, the MTA say they know this guy. He has emotional problems. He has 17 prior arrests. And uh, amazing that he's still on the streets. Anytime you have incidents in these high-profile locations, it sends the feeling of, you know, people don't feel safe. And that's why we have to make sure we, you know, zero in, make the arrests as soon as possible. Uh, and make sure we get those repeated offenders off our streets. Mayor Adams talking about the case yesterday during his weekly Q&A press conference with reporters. Hutcherson was arrested twice in the last six months. The latest arrest came just last month after he threatened someone with a knife. 536, uh, we're finding out more about this Christmas Day stabbing and murder that took place in Booton Township, New Jersey, where a 33-year-old man is accused of murdering his father on Christmas Eve. Morris County prosecutors say police responded to a 911 call, and they found 61-year-old Gregory Meyer dead inside his residence. Cause of death has not been revealed. However, his son Kyle was arrested, charged with murder and weapons-related charges after an investigation determined he was the prime suspect. Family was known in the community. It just, it really strikes a chord with many in the community. Small town of less than 5,000 people. Um, a town with no street lights, curbs, or traffic light. Yeah, the son detained in Patterson, currently being held at the Morris County Correctional Facility. We're about eight square miles, and we're at least 50% of open space. So we have a very rural feeling here in uh, central Morris County. It's something we pride ourselves on, and it contributes greatly to the quality of life. Yeah, small town, uh, they all feel the effects of that. An autopsy going to be performed. WABC News Time 538, one of the things that probably most people are not looking forward to in the new year is this congestion pricing plan, which looks like it's set to begin come the spring. The MTA opening up its public comment period for its controversial plan, the first in the nation plan to toll drivers to enter below Manhattan's 60th Street facing several legal challenges has gotten pushback from lawmakers across Long Island, the Hudson Valley and in New Jersey. The MTA says public review will open up March 11th 
and they plan to hold four hybrid hearings. Uh, as it stands now, cars would pay $15 once to enter uh, Manhattan Central Business District with lower rates for off-peak hours with some exemptions for low-income drivers and credits will be offered to drivers who take certain bridges. But right now, usually when they have these hearings, that's the beginning of the end. The plan is done deal. Whether these legal challenges will hold up, we'll have to wait and see. Meanwhile, ambulance workers in the city concerned about congestion pricing. The union president, who represents them, says that many of the EMS employees commute from suburban communities because of their low pay and the cost of being too high to be in the city. He says the drive, because mass transit is not convenient, right? These guys work off hours and 12-hour shifts. He says congestion pricing could lead to many of these ambulance workers in the city leaving their jobs. By the way, there's not enough of them now. So he's saying there should be some exemption for them, which seems to make sense. That going on. As the MTA is looking to redesign fare gates at subway stations across the city, the transit agency put out a formal request for designs to replace the legacy turnstiles currently in place. MTA chair Jenna Lieber says reimagining the fare gate will improve accessibility as a common sense solution to an uptick in fare evasion, which caused the MTA to lose about $285 million in revenue in 2022, which is unbelievable. One of the Mayor Adams' uh, main focuses next year will be trying to get federal help on the migrant crisis. Uh, Washington didn't give him a whole lot of money this year. The mayor says he'll keep trying despite not feeling optimistic after making 10 trips to D.C. regarding the migrants. I have to keep hammering away at this issue. And I'm really pleased that we are now getting a chorus of other cities that are joining us. There are currently 68,000 migrants in the city's care right now after another roughly 4,000 made their way to the Big Apple. That was just last week. So if you think this number of people showing up there on our doorstep from the U.S.-Mexico border has slowed, it has not. 4,000 just in the last week. Mayor Adams says the impact has hit every New Yorker hard. I am not seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, from the federal government. And I think they we can't treat this as a policy. We have to treat it as an urgency. That was one of the topics at Mayor Adams' big press conference that he held uh, every Tuesday where reporters are able to ask him questions. He was talking about the Times Square and New Year's Eve. He says there is concern about protesters trying to disrupt the celebrations. Uh, they tried to spoil the Rockefeller Center tree relighting. That was uh, earlier this month. And he says he hopes they won't try to disrupt New Year's Eve, but he's worried they will try. The police department did an amazing job during the tree lighting to to uh, mitigate any form of major disruptions. And they're going to do it this year. So Adam says the NYPD will be using a lot of technology. It'll be monitoring online chatter. He says the NYPD has analyzed its response to last year's lone wolf attack. Do you remember that? Uh, Thank God they were able to stop this guy. But he he tried to come into Times Square around 48th Street. Two police officers were able to stop him. Uh, So he says the department has to be ready for any sort of unpredictable circumstances. And there was an attempt to disrupt the tree lighting. And uh, we're sure that there's going to be some type of attempt this year uh, to use that stage uh, for some other concerns that people are having to take into account all of these circumstances. And as always, we're monitoring the chatter, you know, we're monitoring the chatter out there so we could be we could be prepared. Wild scene down in Chinatown. We're watching 
police body cameras providing this dramatic look at NYPD officers taking what was heroic action to rescue several residents from a burning building in Chinatown last week. The urgent rescue playing out when four NYPD officers rushed into this building and they actually carried out victims, some of them in their 90s. The four members of the NYPD's 5th Precinct in Chinatown include three sergeants and one community affairs detective. It all started last week when an officer ran into the station house and told them that the building across the street was on fire. They saw the the building's on fire. The building across the street's on fire. So, you know, we grabbed some fire extinguishers and we're like, all right, you know, maybe we could handle this. I put my hand on the glass. I look in, I see pitch black smoke inside. It's hot. And at that point, he said, listen, it's hot and there's a lot of people upstairs. We got to get them out. Yeah, so these officers raced up six stories uh, on the stairs to get to the people inside. They were carried three women in their 90s down six flights of stairs, uh, so they weren't harmed. The second could be the difference between life and death, you know, especially in a fire. You know, you inhale too much smoke, right? That one extra second of, of smoke inhalation could k- kill someone. So we knew that we had to work fast. Um, so it's just getting this done as quickly and safely as possible. And from what residents say, neighbors say, they they were really heroic because uh, just seconds later, these people could be dead. Uh, one of them was 99 years old that they carried down the flight of stairs. So no serious injuries. And as you might guess, these officers say, no, just part of their job. They are not heroes. And there's 20, 30,000 cops that would have jumped and did exactly the same thing we did. The community is our family here in the 5th Precinct. And this is a very tight-knit community. So just anything we could do to help is it's very sacred to this job, and that's, that's what we do. Yeah, amazing job done by those officers. We were watching yesterday as uh, shoppers packed area malls, shopping centers, returning all the gifts they did not want that uh, they got, and there was a lot of them. And what they have learned is if you want those free returns, you don't get them when you shop online anymore. Now, almost every retailer are going to charge you some sort of fee to return an item that you got online, unless you return it in person, which most people don't want to do. They don't want to go in person. That's why they bought it online. Some of the retailers who've added shipping fees for mail-in returns, including uh, Macy's, H&M, Abercrombie, and J. Crew. Watch out for those restocking fees for some electronics. If you want to avoid some of the mailing fees and shipping fees for those return items, you can bring the store back in person or join some of those loyalty programs. Yes, so according to Happy Returns, it's a logistics company, 81% of merchants are charging a fee for at least some return methods. Amazon now charging customers a $1 fee if they choose to return items to a UPS store if there's a Whole Foods nearby. Whole Foods is what they own, so if you bring it there, there is no fee. A spokesman for the e-retail giant said it recently began flagging frequently return products on its website. Best Buy, January 13th, Target, January 24th, and then January 31st for Amazon, Macy's, Walmart, and Kohl's. Yes, so again, if you come in person, no fee. Even if you bought the product online, obviously if you return it to the store in person, they don't charge anything. For some people, it's exchanging for the new size or different color. Others are using those gift cards. And for some, they just want to continue this holiday spending. 
Yeah, so what we heard from the retailers yesterday is um, Black Friday, the biggest shopping day of the year. And easily the second biggest shopping day of the year is those people going with gift card in hand on the day after Christmas, which, of course, was yesterday. A powerful winter storm hitting parts of the plains, the upper Midwest. Meteorologist Michelle Grossman says they're looking at blizzard conditions. Winds gusting up to 35, even 55 miles per hour. Freezing rain falling. That makes it really difficult to travel. Heavy snow, strong winds, freezing rain being reported may cause uh, traveling to be dangerous for many. Uh, Here it's just going to be rain, of course, just too warm. Areas of uh, South Dakota, Kansas, Nebraska, Colorado, Wyoming, Wyoming under these blizzard warnings. Heavy rain through the upper Great Lakes all the way down to portions of the southeast. That's where we're seeing the heaviest rain falling, even seeing some lightning strikes, too, in portions of the Carolinas as well. Winter weather advisories, winter storm warnings, ice warnings, blizzard warnings. We're talking about South Dakota into Nebraska, Kansas, Colorado. Yeah, so is this going to play havoc on people who are trying to get back home after the holidays? Well, so far, not so much. Uh, We were watching Chicago's O'Hare. A reporter, Mara Barrett, says things there have been running pretty smoothly. They were yesterday. O'Hare is very busy, typically. But right now, as I look, the security line looks like it's about a 10-minute wait for general boarding. So everything really going a lot faster than a lot of people planned. Yeah, 4 million people have passed through O'Hare in the last two days. Big three area airports, Newark, LaGuardia, and Kennedy. So, yeah, pretty smooth sailing. You had uh, people at the airports who were actually surprised about how easy it was. 4 million people have traveled through TSA in the last two days. We expect to see even more on the back end of this week. TSA predicting the busiest time traveling in airports is going to be on Thursday and Friday. Yeah, these flyers who showed up to go to Tokyo we're really pleasantly surprised that the boarding process was pretty easy. Is there a reason for that? Like, something <laughs> weird happened? Yeah, usually, uh, I don't know. Usually the day after Christmas. It's it's crazy, but... Last time I was here, we were bumping into someone constantly. Yeah, it is amazing. You do expect the worst, and we're always surprised when it's not. The uh, travel season has been one for the record books. Believe me, from now until the new year, every day is going to be an adventure. Yeah, uh, Patty Amensha there with TSS, TSA says flyers can expect long lines, but they haven't been terrible, by the way. Those traveling for Christmas who are not used to airports should, uh, you know, probably get there early, that kind of thing. During the Christmas holidays, five out of ten people have not traveled all year. People are getting arrested. You know, the airlines might refuse to allow you to fly. Yeah, so, uh, you know, just the obvious stuff. You shouldn't carry a gun or try to through TSA. That's not going to work out well for you. And uh, get to the airport early, especially if you're somebody who's not used to flying. Top Biden administration officials going to travel to Mexico today in search of solutions as migrants are crossing the southern border in just record numbers. Reporter Morgan Chesky says other officials on the state level are taking matters into their own hands now. Texas Governor Greg Abbott taking his own steps, installing more barbed wire on the border and busing more migrants to primarily Democratic-led cities such as Chicago and New York, both now buckling under rising numbers. Secretary of State, DHS Secretary, White House Homeland Security Advisor scheduled to meet with the President of Mexico today to discuss urgent actions the two countries can take to address border challenges. The Biden administration facing sharp criticism on both sides of the aisle. There's been a record number of illegal crossings this year.